So welcome back to Gospel Rants. This is number 104, and I'm titling it, But My Church Preaches the Gospel. And you'll see what I mean by that. Um, we're pushing against the theological laziness that has seeped into our faith communities and so much of our Christianese and churchiness. Look, we're all tired of it, right? But we keep on doing it. It's kind of the air we've we've been breathing. It's well-meaning, don't get me wrong, but confusing and ultimately powerless. It doesn't further the kingdom. It doesn't really reflect Christ. It's a lot of vapid phrases that maybe we know what they mean, maybe we don't, but we certainly can't assume that other people understand what we're talking about, even if we do. It's a gospel that doesn't seem to change our lives. It doesn't seem to affect who we really, really are. It's hard to get real with such vapid phrases, right? Well, I've had enough, and there's a large growing group of population and of Christians who've had enough. People are voting with their feet. Pastor, church leader, what do you have in your magic bag of tricks that can really make a difference to my sense of significance, right? Who I am, how am I doing, my sense of security, uh, my fears of the future, of failing, of jobs, of, and so forth, and my belonging, who I am with you and you with me today, this week. Quick, before I go and do something stupid. Or, or let me put it in different words, what do you have in the gospel, right, that you're preaching at your church, that you're sharing, that can make me feel better about myself, my sense of value and worth, my fears of failing and succeeding, and most importantly, my concerns that I will really never find somebody who loves me as I am, a family, a community, relationship, right? And so I feel lonely, I feel isolated already, this, this is what I'm most interested in. This is my most immediate experience need. And frankly, most of the time, it's all I can think about. So right now, I'm not interested in what the name of your church is, what your core values are, your vision statement, what denomination you're part of, whether you are supra or infralapsarian. I've got bigger problems, bigger issues right now. And so do my friends. So either you and your message are going to be relevant to us or not. I'm not looking for a friendly church. I'm not looking for a great preacher. By the way, I can download I can download 20 podcasts of pastors better than you every week. I'm not looking for a community so much. Honestly, I'm overcommitted as it is, and I have relational issues. I don't have any margin in my life, physically or emotionally, I mean, just to think about adding another thing, even a relationship, right? You got to give me a reason why. And, and I'll set it up for you. I'm feeling anxious, lonely, depressed. I'm feeling like an underachiever. I'm feeling like a failure uh, some of the time, maybe a lot of the time. So what about your God, his heart, uh, his desire to pursue would be interesting to me right now. And quick, you've got five minutes. Talk. Honestly, does your God really, really delight in people like me? Well, if that's the case, Convince me. Say it then. Say it clearly. Stop with the theological words. So the last rant, I laid out the simple, uncluttered gospel, the S-U-G. This is that core, desperately needed, really good news that Christians are dying to hear and get. And don't miss the point. They may already believe it to be true in their heads. They they might even take the essay part of the Christian exam and make an A- minus or, or <coughs> B+. Plus. But they're not really getting it. I mean, you can't see it in their lives. Not really. I did a couple of surveys 
a couple of years ago uh, at, at a couple of churches, and I asked them what their greatest fear was. It was confidential. They wrote it down on a slip of paper, folded it up, and gave it to me. Now, look, they could have said zombie apocalypse or spiders or another Fast and Furious sequel with Paul Walker CGI'd into the mix again or that tragic bean recipe that their mother-in-law brings every Christmas and Easter. But nope, over two-thirds of these church-going professional Christians, right, spirit-filled Christians, were afraid that God was disappointed in them, that he was ticked off, that he, had, that he didn't care for them much anymore, that they had messed up somewhere along the way and were toast. They're not going to fix it. They may go to heaven, but it's going to be really awkward, right? Well, they need to hear the significant, the, the simple, uncluttered gospel often every week until they really start to get it. So here it is, just to remind us, the simple, uncluttered gospel. Jesus follower, Christian, strictly because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, God has to love you. He does love you with all of his heart, as much as the Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father. He can't love you any more or any less than he does right now. He loves you as you are, not as you should be or could be. You can't add to this love by doing something more or take away from it by doing something less. See, now I get it. It often feels like you've messed up or need to do something more that God would like you better. Me too. But it's not so. There it is. Isn't that great news? That's a game changer, right? Well, the ne right next question is, how can I get it more? How can I experience it more today, quickly? <laughs> That's the right question. I mean, to have it because Jesus purchased it and then to experience it are really two different things. You know, I can have a speedboat at a dock and never experience riding in it. And by the way, I don't. I like the idea. So how do I do it? Here we go. Simple. Good news. There is something that you and I can do. And matter of fact, we're biblically invited to do. Uh, take a look at Paul in Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 for a great model of it. You and I can daily take baby steps by asking. There it is. That's the verb. Asking the spirit inside of you to make you know, experience, feel just how much God loves you right now. Just ask. Calvin would argue, John Calvin would argue that it's the most important thing that Christians can pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to make us feel the benevolence of God for us. Ask again later. Ask tomorrow. And make it a spiritual habit. Now, come on, admit it. Wouldn't it make a huge difference in your life if you really felt how much God delighted in you. If you could hear him say, oh, do you know, my son, my daughter, just how proud of you I am? And all because of Christ, right? But hey, wouldn't it change your sense of well-being? Wouldn't it change your pursuit of relationships, what that feels like, that dynamic? Wouldn't you be more interested in worship or reading the Bible or praying more or, or serving others more? Not perfectly. That's heaven. But wouldn't it be noticeable? Well, yeah. And that's worth fighting for. That's worth ranting over, right? God's pursuing love for you, for me, Christians, as we are. It's already purchased for us. We can't lose it. If you're wondering 
Right now, if God is disappointed in you, Christian, or tired of you, or, or has given up on you, nothing could be further from the truth. And you and I need to hear this gospel over and over again, this heart cut of the gospels, so that the Holy Spirit in my inner being can grab it and make me feel it over my brain's fears and objections. But honestly, if you're like me, and you need to hear it over and over, every week, every Sunday for sure. And here's one of the reasons why nothing has hurt you or me more than relationships. Am I right? We all have attachment wounds. So follow me. We bring them to our relationship with God. We hear this simple, uncluttered gospel regularly, that we need the Spirit's power today to make us feel that it's true, that God delights in us. And that's not evil. That's just being human in a creation that's constantly groaning. Romans 8.22. All right. Well, here's the rant for today. I was speaking to some friends, uh, church leaders in their own right, and, and here's what they said. You know, Pastor Bill, we preach the gospel at our church. I mean, are you saying that we're not preaching the gospel? Well, no, I wasn't. Not, not at all. It, here, here's my answer, though. I mean, I guess I would say yes and no. I mean, do they believe and preach that Jesus died for our sins? Yeah, they do. And, and and all we need to do is receive that gift by faith? Yeah, they preach that too. That there's nothing we can do to earn it? Yep. All we need to do believe? Yep, that too. All of those things are gospel. And and I would say, to put it in an image, the broader aspects of the singular gospel. All of them are really good things. Critical. But here's how I like to look at it that's pretty helpful. It's been helpful for me and for others. For Martin Luther, there were two pillars to real, dynamic, observable church revival, corporately, but also personally. So pillar number one was the things that I just described. Sola fide, sola gratia, right? All about grace and faith. It's, you know, it's nothing we do. Jesus did it all. We receive it by faith. We believe, right? That's pillar number one. And it is part of the gospel. And I would suggest the historical evangelical church has this pillar pretty much down. Most evangelical churches, I mean, if they are evangelical, they major on that pillar. Good on them. But hear this. But for Luther, there is another critical gospel pillar, pillar number two. It's just for Christians. The first pillar is how you become a Christian, a convert, a Jesus follower. But now what do you do? The second pillar is all about how to experience the delight of God today, tomorrow, the next day. And boy, that makes a difference. Is there anything that Jesus followers can do to re-engage the delight of God that Jesus purchased? And of course, I'm speaking about those Christians who for a variety of reasons are afraid that God's disappointed in them, that they've messed up, that God has them on some unbiblical probation. Well, for Luther, if you just have the first pillar, you will have no ultimate revival this side of heaven. Only confusion, dead institutionalism, cold consumerism. You'll have a dead church experience. And you will just naturally go through religion, good behaviors maybe, with no life or sense of God's delight and love. You have to have both pillars ongoing. So, you who preach the gospel in your church or lead a small group or a house church, 
Did the Christians who came last week hear that God actually has to like them as they are, not as they should be, that you can't add to it or take away from it, that God likes you, loves you, adores you as much as the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father, whether you come to church or not, or whether you read your Bible this week or not, or give to the ministry or not, or change diapers in the nursery or not, whether you are faithful or good or Christ-like or not? Did they hear that clearly? Did you proclaim that without hesitancy? This is so important. Yeah, but, but Bill, got to be, come on now, careful, easy, easy. If you keep telling people that, they're just going to keep on sinning. Yeah, I, I get that, but believe me, I'm looking around and looking at my own life, and it, it appears that we don't need any more motivation to sin. We're really good at it. We do all right on our own, no matter what's being said from the pulpit. It's kind of a gift, a spiritual gift of sinning. We're professionals at it. So withholding that good news isn't going to make people more of a sinner than, than they are right now. So the good news is this, and please proclaim this whether we like it or not, or comfortable with it or not, God loves unrepentant sinners. Look, that's all there are. It seems that this wild-eyed kindness of God is what actually leads people to changing. Check out Romans 2.4. More on that in my next rant. The point is this. Your church may and likely is preaching the first pillar of the gospel, good on them, but maybe not so clear on the second pillar of the gospel. And i got to tell you, it's low-hanging fruit. Tell your pastor, uh, tell your administrators, this will make a huge difference. All right, take heart child of God. Hello, hello, Quinice Petway here, co-host of the Your Daily Bible Verse podcast. Are you someone who loves to take a deep dive into God's word one verse at a time to explore his will for your life and desire to draw closer to him? If that sounds like you, I'd love to invite you to head over to lifeaudio.com and search your daily Bible verse to tune in and subscribe for daily inspiration, life application, and spiritual transformation through the in-depth exploration of God's Word.